Hey, it's Mark Shifley here. You're listening to the Jet Centric Podcast. Welcome back to the Jet Centric Podcast. It's Kishore. Here's part two of our episode with the quarter season player grades. We give out grades for the defensemen, the coaches, the special teams. Look out for that grade on the penalty kill and the GM. Hope you enjoy the episode. We'll be back with another one soon. We'll move on to Josh Morrissey. Josh Morrissey gets a B plus for me. Um, I was expecting Josh to be better this year, and he's been better. Um, he and Nate Schmidt are experiencing their growing pains. Um, but like last year, we're going to keep throwing the forward lines through the blender, but we're going to keep those defense pairings together until kingdom come. Like, it's really like they're going to play the rest of the season together, I almost guarantee. And so I think they're still trying to figure each other out, but they don't look terrible to me. Um, Morrissey gets a B plus. I think he looks fine. Sure. B minus. I think he, uh, I don't have a ton to add. I just think when him and Schmidt are out there, it's an adventure on ice uh, and uh, in our zone. And I was hoping for a little bit of a return to Truba Morrissey, where it's a little bit calmer in the defensive zone. Uh, it is so inconsistent with him on the ice. Um, and I, I think part of the reason I don't give him a, a B is that after a good start on the power play, he's been really inconsistent there. Um. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for me, it's a B. Um, I mean, I guess much the same reasons as you guys. I think I didn't expect the res- I expect I expected somewhat of a resurgence, not to old levels, um, but maybe to part way there. And I think that's exactly what we've gotten. Um, there's been games where he's looked really good in my opinion. And there's others where he just hasn't really been there. That's fine. That happens to everybody, but, um, yeah, it's a B for me. Not, not been spectacular. He hasn't been bad. Yeah, no, I think that's very fair. I, um, oh yeah. Like, I think it was one of those things too, where it's just, there was no way he was going to be as bad as he was last year. Like it just wasn't possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were right. So um, Nate Schmidt gets a B plus from me. Um, when we brought him in, um, uh, some Vancouver fans really scared me into thinking that this man was like the next, I can't even think of the right, like the right defenseman for it, but just like one of those ones where as soon as he's in his own zone, he's next to useless. He's a pylon. Like he's great offensively, but he's trash defensively. And so I think my expectations were a little bit lower. Um, and just because it was like, I don't know, it just seemed dramatic that he was so overpaid in Vancouver, all these things. I don't know. I was expecting whatever I I've been fine with him as an individual. Like I think he's done a lot um, of good things and I think he's going to keep getting better. Um, so he gets a B plus for me. I, I have a met a B. I don't think Nate Schmidt's going to get better for us. I think we've seen who Nate Schmidt is. I almost graded him a little lower, um, but he definitely is helped with zone exits with Morrissey, but As I said, it is a wild journey out there when they're on the ice together. Yeah, I think this is going to be my first surprise uh, grade of the day. I gave him a C. Uh, To me, the offense just hasn't really been there for him. Other than like at the start, he was piling up some points or whatever. And I thought a lot of that came from point shots. Like I thought he was pretty good in the first maybe five six seven games or whatever but lately there's been absolutely zero offense from the blue line and nate schmidt is the one guy i'm looking towards where i really i really think that offense should be coming from 
he's not jumping into the play like I thought he would anymore. Um, so he's he's been pretty disappointing to me. Maybe that's just an expectations thing from me. Maybe he's not the player that I thought he was going to be coming in. Um, so yeah, it's a C for me. Um, and maybe that would change with the systems change. Yeah, I think there's only so much that defenseman can. I don't think he's been good offensively. Like, I, I agree with you, but I also just think this team has been so flat that even if he was playing well, like, there's there's no help there. Like, they just – they suck. This team sucks. That's um, fair. Okay, the next player, I'm going to give my first and only D of the evening, and that goes to Neil Pionk. Um, I was consulting my dad. Um, I was telling him my rankings before this, and – he, he was like, oh, poor Neil. And I was like, I know, I really like him. Like, I feel bad, but I just, I had really high hopes for him this year. And he's just looked, I don't even know. He just looks confused. He looks a little bit, like, he just kind of makes these plays that make me go, what? Like, why are you doing this? Like, he just doesn't seem to have all the good things that I really liked about him last year. And that kind of warranted that big extension at the end of the year. I just didn't see, I haven't seen them yet this year. And I, don't think he's hopeless or anything. And I also thought that getting away from the corpse of Derek Forbert was really going to help him. But I think he's almost been worse than last year, which is surprising to me. Uh, like, we'll get to Brendan Dillon, too. But I just, I don't know. He gets a D for me. And it makes me sad to say that, but he gets a D. Brian, how about you go first on this guy? Sure. I also gave him a D. It's been a very disappointing year for me for Neil Pionk and... Yeah, like you said, there's just not a lot there. The The defending has been really not good. They've gotten trapped in their zone a bunch of times. Uh, the offense is limited at best, I think, right now from them. Um, and it's unfortunate. He was maybe our best defenseman last year, um, one of our better players. Um, and it just hasn't worked that way at all this year. So it's a D for me. And I really hope he can turn it around. Like there doesn't seem to be any apparent reason why he just hasn't been particularly noticeable. And when he has been, it hasn't really been in a good way for me. Like there's been a couple good offensive plays, but nothing really of substance nothing much of substance anyway. I grade him slightly higher. I gave him a C. I, I would say uh, if we played 82 games against Edmonton, A plus. <laughs> Neil Bianc, he was great in those two games against Edmonton. Um, he's been really disappointing on the power play. I think that's the biggest growth area for him. If he can just put a foothold on being the defenseman out there with Ehlers and making kind of fast passes. Um, that's great. Otherwise it's, he's got to give way to Schmidt there. Uh, Dylan and Pionk really struggled in the first 10 games. They had a good run in the next like five or six games and kind of have regressed a little bit in the last five. Um, so I didn't give him a D because I saw that improvement um, in that sort of second stretch of games. And I don't think Pionk has been purely the reason, but he, I'm, I'm more confused by his play than any other player on the Jets. Totally. I couldn't yeah. agree more. Yeah, absolutely. 
um brendan dillon gets to see for me um i was really excited about brendan dillon way more than nate schmidt i really really was excited for him for a stylistic fit with neil pionk and i was just expecting way more from that pairing i thought within the first 10 15 games they were going to jump ahead of josh and schmidt as the first pairing like all these different things i just was really excited and i just haven't liked what i've seen from him he gives me some Mark Stewart, Ben Sherratt vibes every now and then, which is not what I like to see. Not as a player, but just like sometimes like those extra finished checks or those unnecessary net front, ba- like just some of those things that just, I, I don't know, that I look for less in defensemen. And I, one of my favorite things to do is watch defensemen and kind of try and evaluate them and stuff like that. Um, and those small things are not things that I care about, not things that I particularly like in players. And I feel like I've seen a little bit more of that from him that I would have liked. He gets to see from me. Um, I don't know. I, I am still willing to learn more about Brendan Dillon. I don't feel like I have a good read on him yet, but I've been underwhelmed so far. So. Yeah. Same. I think, but I gave him a C plus. Um, I honestly think he's been the better of the two players on that pairing for the most part. Um, but there's obviously some big room for improvement. And yeah, I thought we were getting a bit of a better player. Like I thought he was going to be real good in his own end. And like, I think he's gotten to the point where he's been good in his own end in the last 10 games or so the first 10, he was just really not there and trying to feel it out. Um, And he's been better since, but still not up to the level that I was really expecting. Um, yeah, I, I as well don't think I have a perfect read on him, but maybe he would do a bit better with a better transition defenseman on the other side kind of thing. And uh, unfortunately the only real one the jets have is Nate Schmidt and playing with Josh Morrissey, who, also needs the help in transition. So I totally understand those two playing together, but um, yeah, it's, it's been pretty decent at times, but underwhelming for me for Dylan. Uh, I also gave him a C. I think one of the jets weaknesses has been allowing shots from the slot. And that's what I thought Brendan Dylan would excel against. That has been his hallmark in the past as really like shutting down stuff in front of the net and it just hasn't happened. And I think that's part of their pairing more so than just Dylan. Cause as Brian said, he's been better the last 10 games than the first 10. He would, it was kind of a mess. I think Dylan's also trying a little bit too much in the offensive zone. We've seen his shot attempt total go up. I don't need Brendan Dylan to take a shot the rest of the season. Um, <laughs> You know, throw it in behind the net. It's fine. His his like shots, uh, shot block to shot attempt ratio is horrible. Um, so we don't want to see that again. A um, ton of room for improvement from Brendan Dillon, though. Mm-hmm. Totally. Um, Dylan DeMello gets a B from me. Um, very similar kind of appraisal here to Adam Lowry in the sense that I expected steady. I expected good. I expected all the things that I've seen from him since he's become a jet. And that's what I've seen so far. I think he's been good. I think he's done exactly what he's needed to do. I think he's elevated Stanley a little bit, just like he always does. And I think he's continued to, you know, possess those qualities and bring those things to the table that are kind of underappreciated by some people, just whether it be the small plays on the blue line, kind of keeping the puck in extra chances, kind of adding some 
extra possession time. And also, um, I know Kishore is going to say something probably about the penalty kill. Um, I don't mind him on the penalty kill. <laughs> um, I don't like him and Logan Stanley together on the penalty kill, but I think that he's a nice fit there. He's very calm. And yeah, he gets a B for me. B for me as well. Um, yeah, he's just been really steady again as he pretty much always is. Um, probably the best outright defender among defensemen on this team, um, which he has been since he got here. Um, yeah, the, the strengths are the same strengths he's always had. The weaknesses are the same weaknesses he's always had. We're no, getting... they're not. He scored a goal. He scored a goal, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> okay he's got he's got the goal scoring thing down um oh yeah maybe the transition thing can improve a bit yeah that's that's never gonna be there right but the things he's good at um defending um positioning uh holds at the blue line that kind of stuff um just outstanding and yeah it's the same game you're getting pretty much always from dylan DeMello. And at three mil a year for, I think th- this is the, what is it? The second year of his, the second of four, I think. Yeah. this and two more years after that, I don't think you could be, I couldn't be happier with the deal knowing that, or if, if this is the player that we're getting, I couldn't be happier with it. And it's been just steady throughout uh, no surprise here. B minus. He gets a tick down because he's associated to the PK. Um, he's exempt. Um, <laughs> he's been the best penalty killer. There's no doubt about it. Um, but he's also, I tick him down just a little bit is in that he's taken more penalties in the last five games uh, than uh, he's used to. Dylan DeMello doesn't really take many penalties historically, mm-hmm. but that's been up a bunch uh, the last few games. Um, the thing with DeMello that I want to see is more minutes. I actually kind of want to see him with Morrissey and move Schmidt around uh, a little bit um, because the, the DeMello Morrissey combo was actually quite successful uh, at points last year. DeMello's really, really, I went to one, I've seen the Jets once in person this year and they played against the Sharks the night the Sharks had the Barracuda on the ice because there's so many people out for COVID. Dylan DeMello is by far and away the best Jet and you could see all the things he does in person. I encourage you if you watch a game, go see the little things that Dylan DeMello does. It doesn't show up. It's hard to show up even on advanced stats, but he leads to a lot of zone exits the way he plays. The thing I'll caution against is Dylan DeMello and Stanley don't play against the best competition. So we're not getting sort of the truest nature of who DeMello is uh, because he's not playing against like McDavid and Dreisaitl. Um, But at the same time, he's the most consistent jet. You want to see him get more minutes. Can't give him better than a B minus being associated with PK. (laughs) Fair enough. Um, Logan Stanley gets, uh, I couldn't decide between it. I have a C plus on here, but he might just get a B, but I have low expectations of Logan Stanley. I want him to be good, but he's just not. And he has continued to just not be good. Um, his point shots still suck. Um, he still looks extremely confused when he's hemmed in his own zone. Um, and I still just don't think that he, it's like, you know, all these things that he's just okay at. I believe that there is another left-handed defenseman out there that is good at these things. 
that I would rather see in his place. I just don't think he brings enough to the table. Like neutral is not good enough for me when you have other people waiting in the wings. And that's why he gets a C plus for me. I wasn't expecting a lot, but he still just hasn't been that good in my opinion. Maybe I'm biased because I don't like him, but I'm just <laughs> annoyed. And I think that, you know, anytime I like, anytime he's away from Dylan DeMello, it, which doesn't happen a lot. I just, I, I feel like he just looks exposed and he just doesn't look comfortable out there. And I don't know. If, if he can continue to be good, well, not continue, but be good with Dylan DeMello, I don't care because he'll always play with Dylan DeMello and that's fine with me. Um, mm-hmm. But I just, I don't know. I, I, I'm not in love with him. C plus. Uh, yeah. C plus. B for me. Um, and kind of a, I don't have a great read on this player right now because he's playing with the steadiest defenseman on the team and who's gotten pretty much really good results with almost every partner he's ever played with, regardless of good or bad. And that's, he spent the vast majority of his time with Dylan DeMello. So, um, B and like he's he's looked pretty decent to me like I thought he was gonna really struggle with uh with a faster game and I haven't played that faster game in recent uh recent weeks but uh yeah it's it's tough for me to exactly pinpoint where his game is at so I'll just kind of give him a B Logan Stanley is Jekyll and Hyde uh, so I had low expectations for him coming in this year. Five on five, he's way exceeded my expectations. I think it, I, if it was just five on five, I might give him a B plus because he's made smart plays. He's actually led to some zone exits. He, even though like we make fun of his shot a little bit, he's not only shooting when he gets the puck in the offensive zone. He's actually made uh, some smarter plays there. He is our worst penalty killer. I spent the last like few games just watching the penalty kill like carefully and his foot speed and hand speed is so slow that he's not doing what you expect a defenseman of his size to do, which is prevent people from getting the front of the net. When you look at like the struggles of the PK, a bunch of rebounds are getting past Hellebuck. Who's responsible for preventing somebody to get in there and get the rebounds like Logan Stanley has been one of the worst penalty killers and worst offenders on our penalty kill. Don't get me wrong. I have a lot of blame to go around on that PK, Um, especially on how the forwards are positioned there, but he is not doing us any favors back there. So I give him a C because he's either good on five on five or horrible, horrifying on the PK. (laughs) Even there. Um, okay, we'll jump to the goalie super quick. Connor Hellbuck gets a B from me. Um, I Every year he seems to exceed my expectations and it's to the point where how can you expect him to be anything more than the best goalie in the world sort of thing. Um, and he's had his ups and downs this season kind of thing, but it's just like, I don't know. I give him the benefit of the doubt with a lot of things. It was, you know, he was having the baby and then we were just, <laughs> all these different things were going on. I don't know. Like in, in certain games, he's looked like an absolute all-star and he's had other games where he hasn't looked super great but like when it comes to a goalie we always say this goalies are voodoo they're so hard to predict so my prediction was that he was going to end the season as one of the best goalies in the NHL but he would have bad games and good games kind of thrown across the season I feel like that's what we've seen he gets a B from me I don't really have a ton else to say 
I also went with a B. Um, he's been very, very good again. Not maybe not quite to the level of the last two years, but not as far off as you might think. The numbers are still really strong for him. The only thing is there's some goalies in the league right now that are doing absolutely ridiculous things right now that Hellebuck's just kind of not in that realm for the Vezina right now, but it's uh, it's been a real good season for him again. And I, you know, I expected a real good season. He's the best goalie in the world, I think until he isn't. So yeah, that's where I'm at is a B. So as an ex goalie, uh, I think you're being too hard. He was a C goalie. The first, like he was actually a D goalie. The first five games, he was terrible. Then he got to a C and then he got to a B and the last like 10 games, he's been an A goalie. I gave him an A minus. He went from being, I think he was 25th, 10 games in, in goal saves above expected. He's now ninth. He is rocketing up those charts. And a lot of the people in front of him, um, as, as Brian mentioned, are having career years that are bound for regression. Um, it, like like Carter Hart, like very streaky. Bobrovsky, like Bobrovsky is one, two business. Don't get me wrong. But I don't see him maintaining that. Jack Campbell is way up there. Tristan Jari, are you kidding me? Is Tristan Jari good? I don't think so. Like, so like I I think by the end of the year, we're talking about Hellebuck as being a top five goalie again because he's just on a tear and he looks kind of locked in and he looks a little angry about it too. I would say my uh, goal for Connor Hellebuck has nothing to do with the Jets. It's just to inspire terror into the entire nation of Canada come February. No, oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. It's going to be amazing. Um, another, but, you know, another Connor Hellebuck grievance is that if he's going to continue to save Maurice's job, <laughs> and that's still one that of the things. Asshole. That's a double-edged Just, sword. It's like, what, what do you want me? Like, you want me to sit here and be like, I want him to be bad? Because, no, yeah. I can't do that. But, like. <laughs> it should it? Should I mark him down for being on the PK as well? I mean, that is a police <laughs> responsibility, right? Uh, yeah, Eric I'm just going to stay away from answering that one. Uh, yeah, go ahead on Eric Comrie list. Eric Comrie is the A. We Eric expected, Comrie gets an A. Yeah, yeah Eric I, I, I Like, we were talking about Eric Comrie needed to play 10 to 15 games. I was hoping he'd play 15 to 20 like, honestly, I did not think he would make it on the team through thanks, uh, American Thanksgiving. And not only has he made it through American Thanksgiving, he has garnered us more points than I expected. Uh, it, uh, uh, and he's been good in those games. Now, I think he regressed a little bit in his last start. But, like, all we need is, like, average goaltending from Eric Comrie. And that would be a massive win. And he's exceeded that. Hey. And I think one of the things that goes along with that too is what's nice is that like this team did not want to give up on him this time. Like even if he lost every single game up to up until American Thanksgiving, I knew they wouldn't get rid of him until they absolutely had to, because 
there's nothing this team hates more than going back and admitting that they were wrong. Um, so for everyone's sake, I'm really glad that he's playing well, but mostly for his own sake, I'm really happy for him. I've been more than happy with what I've seen from him so far. He gets an A from me. A as well, what these guys said. Yeah. <laughs> I got nothing else to add. Awesome. Okay, so that kind of wraps up like yeah, like all the individual players and stuff. So we were just thinking that we'd quickly do um, – a GM coach special teams. And then I didn't tell you guys this before, but also maybe just the team as a whole, we can all kind of give our, you know, just the first 21 games of the season, what you give as a great kind of, um, yeah. Um, maybe we'll start with GM. Um, I don't want to throw it to Kishore. We had some discussions uh, before this and we were just trying to think there were so many things um, just trying to talk about the best way to talk about the GM, um, you know, without, pushing the wrong things under the rug without failing to bring up the most important points and all these different things. And I thought Kishore had some really well-constructed answers. So maybe I'll throw it to him to just sort of start off the, the GM conversation. Cause it's definitely something that we don't want to just leave as a big elephant in the room. Right. So. Yeah. I think it's complicated with Chevy. I think there's the hockey moves, which I think are going to be impossible to grade during the season uh, that we're going to come to at the end of the season. He made moves that uh, in like improve the defense and put this team in a position to win. But more important than that is the, is the stuff around uh, uh, the life. And we haven't heard from Chevy. It's almost, uh, by the, when we're recording this, it's almost been a full month since he had the presser with Chipman. And I think there's uh, things that were said in that, uh, in that press conference that are, lead us in the right direction. But we need follow-up from that. And mm -hmm. until we hear more from Chevy, until we hear more from Chipman, I think we give him an incomplete on this season um, because those things are really important. Um, and I know a lot of people feel conflicted and a lot of people feel one way or the other about Chevy, like that he should have been gone or that all is good, all is forgiven at this point. I feel very much in the middle that there's still a lot of questions that remain. Um, and it has affected me as a fan, um, especially what we saw uh, from, from Kyle. And so I give Chevy an incomplete on both the hockey moves, um, but especially on the more important stuff on the life. It would make, yeah, it would make it easier for me, like if he weren't the GM of the team anymore, like if, if I'm being frank. Um, but yeah, what we, what I want to hear is what, what Chevy is doing, what Chevy and Chipman are doing, like they said in the press conference to actually help improve hockey culture. Cause I think they referenced that a couple times in the interview and uh, yeah, they're with no examples, right. Of what they're, actually going to do so yeah and yeah. if they follow through on that i think we can actually give chevy a positive grade ish like with full acknowledgement is there's no positives out of this but yeah. at least there's um some work being done the work is being put in to make sure it, nothing like that ever happens and nothing like that ever happens with the winnipeg jets for sure yeah uh it's it's hard um it, it's been really it's been a really tough month and like we were saying it's 
been one of those things that every time I see a Jets logo right now like I just kind of think of I'm like like it's it's taken away from the fun of watching hockey just because it's so like it's one of those things where for years like people have known about bad things that have happened and they've kind of tried to push it aside um and been able to push it aside because it doesn't directly affect their experience of watching the sport but something like like it's just it's too big and it's bigger than the sport itself and it's just it's so hard um like I really like I I take pride in usually being a well-written well-spoken person but I've just I've really struggled to find good words throughout this whole thing trying to you know accurately and properly put in my feelings into words but it's just been it just it sucks it all sucks so much it sucks that any of this ever happened it sucks that people enabled it to happen to more people it sucks that this person's life was ruined and other people have gone on and lived without any kind of consequences and it's just it's hard like how do you like how do you really move on from that and it's one of those things where it's like but but we have and are should we be feeling guilty for moving on from it and still watching a hockey game while this well like it's just it's really hard and it's I think the most important thing is, yeah, to continue to hold these people accountable and say, if, if you want to change hockey culture, you're right. It needs to let us see what you're doing to do that. Um, how can we help? How can we, you know, be involved in this much needed change? Um, and how is it going to affect NHL players in the future? Because that's what it needs to do. Um, and we need to continue to have people like Rick Westhead. We need to continue to have people within the sport that help these people come forward God forbid it ever happens again, but like give them that support system that they need that's been so clearly missing this whole time. Um, And yeah, just continue to believe survivors because that's all you can do. Um, And just, you know, stop excusing people for being shitty. Um, And that's, that's, I don't know. That's kind of all I have to say. Well, Uh, that was perfectly well said. Um, (laughs) Sorry that, yeah, that really puts, and like I said, like, it's one of those things where you can't, and now we're just going to go back to talking about hockey and that's just the way it, it, it's been going. And it's hard because yeah, like I said, how do you properly move on? But we're, we're going to, <laughs> and we're going to start talking about Paul Maurice and you know how we feel it's solely hockey when it comes to him, that we have our feelings for like, you know, no hard feelings as an individual, as a human being, but then we start talking about the hockey aspect and we all have our feelings about it. And so yeah. that's kind of the direction we'll lead the conversation now, but um, yeah, that's kind of how I want to leave things off there. And yeah. <laughs> totally. Um, so are we are we grading are we grading uh, Paul Maurice now? Is this this where yeah, we're, yeah, we're going off to? All right. Let Let's um, get the bias out of the way in the sense that none of us have been terribly significant fans of Maurice for a number of years now, um, and and so I want to say like our grades are come with that full acknowledgement and the lowered expectations of Maurice because of that. Absolutely. Yeah. I still give him a C like I, and, and frankly, I'm trending towards a D because <laughs> um, it, and it, it should be a D, but I give him some credit for navigating um, the COVID situation with Shifley and Wheeler who have been anchors for him and um uh and, and like you know I, I don't know i don't have much positive to say about anything else there but uh, <laughs> were you in the twitter space yesterday everyone would say <laughs> one positive thing about paul maurice <laughs> yeah i i guess i where i come down to it is the biggest thing that has been a problem is through the king's game 
um, we had like the fifth best line in hockey. We had a bad game and Maurice put things in a blender and has gone back to what he knows. And we haven't seen the same results since. And that is coaching. Uh, and we're going to come to special teams, but spe- he's the freaking coach. Like, you know, like there's America, uh, Jeff Merrick always says like, show me a coach that got fired and I'll show you a bad goalie. So I tend to think like all the goalie stuff is all voodoo and coaches have very little impact on that. But the one place the coaches have the most impact is on special teams. And that's been freaking horrible. And so I have talked myself into a D for Maurice now, um, just because it, the stuff he has control over has been not good. Uh, and he gave one of the more disastrous press conferences um, of the year when he stood in to speak on behalf of Chevy. It was terrible. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I forgot about that one, actually. Oh, yeah. I remember seeing a couple of those quotes, and it's hard because they're always incomplete, but even on their own, they were not great. Um, Palmeries gets a C-plus from me. Um, the, I Honestly, at the beginning of the year, he was honestly exceeding my expectations a little bit. Like, I really liked that Blake Wheeler played a game or two in, with Adam Lowry or Christian Vesselin or whatever, and, like, that he stuck to his guns and put Evgeny Svechnikov on the second line with two of the best players on the team, um, knowing full well that this guy came into the season either going to be going, like, as an AHL player or a fringe guy kind of thing, and he saw that he was better than that and put him up better than that, which sounds like a normal thing to do, but we don't always see that from him. So I like that, but just the regression to the 81, 55, 26 and all these things, like, I, like you said, we have low expectations to begin with. He gets a C plus just because it's still, we still suck. Like it's the special teams are still bad. I don't know how, how much of that comes from the lack of Jamie Compon. Hope all is well with Tina. Um, I hope everything's, you know, okay there from the personal level. Um, but without him here, is that uh, negatively impacting the special teams? I know our PK has been bad for a couple of years, but all these different things, I don't know how much of it is Maurice at this point, like all these different things. Um, we know what we're getting from him and we get the same thing. Like people predict what he does and it's just kind of, so C plus B, I don't know. I just, I have my expectations and he just does the same thing as he has been doing for eight years. So I give him a complicated D. (laughs) Um, so coming into the season, he goes and says, Hey, um, we're going to be more aggressive on in the, in all three zones we're going to play a fast game and we're mature enough to play this game now arbitrarily now that's great so you started playing fast for a few games kind of well, maybe more than a few games they were they were pinching more from the d from the from the blue line and getting some more offense that way and it was nice to see um they had things going pretty decent for a bit and then um with Shifley and Wheeler out they found the Connor Dubois Svechnikov line and it was absolutely dynamite it was a really fun line to watch they were putting the puck in the net and just doing everything at will um they once Shifley and Wheeler were both back. They actually had a Lowry Shifley Wheeler line going that was, it had half decent results, which is pretty good for a third line. Like 
great. I could have kept that. Then Stastny gets hurt, um, which sucks because even despite Ehlers' struggles, the Stastny cop Ehlers line was running at a pretty decent clip as well. So that's three lines you had running that were going pretty well and one of them extremely well. And no matter how well they were going to do, um, Maurice was always going to find a way back to Connor Shifley Wheeler or Wheeler in the top six or playing 20 minutes a night or what have you. And the line juggling really, really sunk what was a good thing they had going. And it sucks. Like, you don't ever in any circumstance break up a line that's made of three guys that couldn't drive play on their own, two guys that couldn't drive play on their own last year. And one guy who was on a league minimum deal put together having incredible chemistry and the other team not knowing what to do with them. You don't break that up. You just don't. And he did. Um, and then ended up back at Connor Shifley Wheeler. And that's where we are now losing six of seven um, with terrible special teams. Overall, the bar is on the floor. The bar was pretty close to the floor. It wasn't right on the floor for me because I had some expectations of them playing a faster game this year, which hasn't been the case now in the last six, seven games since the LA game. Right. Um, so they've gone away from that as well. It's just, it's just a pile on list with them. And then you get to the excuses and whatever uh, talks about fatigue after the last game, like, come on, you, these guys aren't playing any less amount of games than you. So come on, like nothing's working right now. Um it's it's got to be time for a change but apparently not oh yeah Uh, i know that kind of draws into the special teams and team rankings which special teams i give an f (laughs) um if anyone's surprised about that and team i give a c plus solely because like you said like this offseason we made the big moves the jets don't make because it really solidified that this is the time to go and they're still playing mediocre safe fallback you know, doing what they know, average results, all this kind of thing that we've seen for the last like two, three years, whatever kind of hockey. And like, that's, and like, I don't know, like I was cautiously optimistic at the beginning of the year, but it's like one of those things, well, you're also a bit of a realist and you know better, you know better at this point. And so it's, so C plus, I thought they were still going to be a little bit better than they have been. Um, But, you know, if you separated by first five games, next five games, like five, like five game chunks, each one is like, first one's F, the next one's A, the next one's B, the last one's F. Like, it's so hard. Like, it's just been a very fluc- – like, the, the season has fluctuated. The results have fluctuated. It's been different. But um, I'm expecting all of my different kind of rankings to change as the year goes on. Um, but, yeah, team sits at a C-plus for me. Yeah, I think that's a pretty good spot to put the team at as a C-plus. Um like after a after a real good stretch there, I thought if they were going to continue doing the things they were doing, that it could have been more like a, a B plus or even closer to an A. But yeah, it's it's 
kind of tough for me to point my finger or put my finger on where this team is at and where they're going to be at going forward. Um, I have no idea what, uh, well, I shouldn't say that. I have all the idea what Maurice is going to do, but I don't have an idea if they'll tr- ever try other things and we're just stick with Connor Shifley Wheeler for the rest of the season and see what that does again. But yeah, I'm at, I'm at a C plus for the team. Uh, I'm at a B minus for the team. I'm slightly more optimistic in the sense that uh, the, the last couple of years, the jets have been negative on Corsi Um, and we're still seeing positive play driving um, uh, from multiple lines on this team. Connor Hellebuck is still to be a top three goalie in the world. Um, there's things to be optimistic about that should get there. My expectation for this team coming into this season is that they would be third in the central, that the abs would run away with it. Probably Minnesota, maybe St. Louis ahead of them. And they would be like a borderline uh, um, playoff team. That still seems to be where they're at right now. It's just the Pacific is surprisingly good. So I still say B minus, very correctable. Because literally, if Shifley starts scoring, this team and the PK becomes league average, this team is not only decent, would be one of the better teams in the Western Conference. So it's not like a huge shift that needs to happen. That being said, Charlie Huddy needs to be fired. What like, is that I guy know been doing here for 10 years? It's yeah. one of those things that like non-Jets fans, like sometimes it's so funny, like once a month, some guy in the hockey world will be like, guys, has the Winnipeg Jets defensive coach, like the notoriously bad defensive team, the Winnipeg Jets coach <laughs> actually been there for 10 years? And people are like, wait, what? It's so funny. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. they're like, why? And I'm like, don't ask me. Like, I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, no. That thing doesn't make any sense to me. Um, I totally understand, like, Jamie being away from the team can't, you know, like, the power play. But, like, this is correctable. We're the, what, 31st ranked penalty kill? It's now a quarter into the season. So. Uh, like, that's the, I looked, if we were league average in PK, it'd be a six-point difference versus where we're at right now. Also, after, this is the 31st, after we made trades, to solidify our blue line at the deadline kind of thing. Like they're like, you know, like last year was like this atrocious decor, Tucker Pullman playing 25 minutes a night kind of thing. But it's like, it's, we're supposed to be better, not the same and certainly not worse. We're supposed to be better. And that's, mm-hmm. yeah. And we're not. So. Yeah. <laughs> the classic jet centric negative podcast, but you know, no. What? all that being said, I think we're where we were in terms of expectations. Like, the abs are better than us. No big deal, right? Minnesota's probably a little bit better than us. Again, not a huge deal. If we're right there with St. Louis and we make it in, I that's kind of where I expected the Jets to be. And if PLD plays like this, if Shifley regains some scoring, if we get Connor away from Shifley, like we're not a team many people will want to play in the first round uh, because we have Connor Hellebuck in that. No one wants to play him in the first round and especially Connor mcdavid doesn't want to see us in the first round <laughs> yeah Not they, gotta, they gotta push the right buttons and this team will be real good i think i just don't think they're gonna push the right buttons no one is 
Paul Maurice has not given me the confidence ever that he'll do that. That's the thing. The only time it worked was when the roster was foolproof. That was the best team in the NHL in 2018. <laughs> well, and I think the thing is too, is that like, this sounds like any fan who knows their team very well. There's just a lot of potential with this group of guys specifically, I find, because I know them as individual players and I know them in combination with each other. I just think there's a lot of potential for some good fits there. And it's just a matter of whether or not they're able to find them. I don't know what the solution is, but I know there are better options out there without having to make any drastic changes from within. So I think there's potential for this team to do a lot better than they're doing right now. And I think they will. I don't think there's a, there's any way that they finish the team like the year at like 500, which is about what they're at right now after this last couple of losing games. Um, But yeah, like I think there's a lot of potential to have a really fun hockey club. And I think we might see it. We might not, (laughs) who knows? There's, there's 75% of a season left to play. So. Yeah. I'm excited because I think we're in a position now where things aren't working in the right places, that it's David Gustafson time. We're going to see him get a shot. Um, I like I, these are famous last words this is the moment we have like a five game break right or five day break between games he's good penalty killer he can drive offense in the AHL he's the most NHL ready player on the moose like all apologies to Perfetti who's great David Gustafson has an NHL body too David like Gustafson he's ready was NHL to go. ready three years ago too I think yeah. like, well not maybe not three, so but yeah. no I agree I, I think he comes in and then like um uh, and then we haven't really been hurt by injuries yet. We've only had Stastny out. And I think injuries might actually force this lineup into good places. They always do. They always do. Um, also, I just found this earlier. Um, the Jets are also sitting at, um, as of today, negative um, 10 goals scored above expected. So there's also been a little bit of PDO and whatnot. That's just kind of like. It is true. Like I, I, yeah, so th- there are a lot of positive pieces going forward. Like, I think we did a good job of bringing a few of those up as well. Um, some points to be really excited about going forward. So, We only have to beat out St. Louis and Dallas, which actually and feels pretty doable. Jordan Bennington led in a center ice goal tonight, so. Did you see uh, the evolving wild tweet out right before that? I think we're, I think somebody's due for a center ice goal. That yeah. was incredible. It's amazing. It's uh, and it, of course it happens to Jordan Bennington too. It's just like just uh, perfect. Like you can't write it any better than that. I say this as an American. Good luck with that team Canada. <laughs> <laughs> no, it'll be it'll be a hot Carter Hart. Uh, or that's a, not or a partially either. vaccinated Mackenzie Blackwood. <laughs> it's not great. I the Olympics aren't happening. Like it, it, it's just so clear to me. There's no way. There's no way. No, no, not with what's coming. No, like, no I know. Not I'm, I'm a little worried. And all. Yeah, I'm a it's little worried. Happening. Anyways, that sucks. <laughs> um, we'll see what happens. Always the bearer of bad news in the show. But um, thanks, everyone, for listening. Um, it's been a while, so we hope you enjoyed this kind of lengthier episode. And um, hopefully you, you played along and gave some grades, too. I'm um, excited about the... Um, the games to come we're going to continue to do as many of those twitter spaces intermissions as we can obviously we all have lives and stuff so sometimes it doesn't quite work out to host them but when we do feel free to jump on and contribute your two cents um and yeah we hope to have some more content lined up for you as the season goes on 
Um, but yeah, thanks as always for listening and we'll catch you next time. I'm Kurt Kielbach and thank you for listening to the Jet Centric Broadcast. <laughs>